Hey everyone, you are listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. My name is Matt Wakeling and this is the show that I produce in Sydney, Australia, speaking to some of the world's leading guitarists and guitar figures. Thank you so much for joining me. Now today we reprise our conversation with really one of the most influential musicians in thrash metal, that being Scott Ian of Anthrax, one of the big four. Now not only did I get to speak to Scott, he was actually backstage, he had just finished a set with Anthrax on their tour with Slayer. It's, you know, pretty rock and roll conditions to have an interview. Today's episode is brought to you by Fretboard Biology, the comprehensive online guitar course put together by Joe Elliott. Now, Joe is not only a fantastic guitar player, he draws on his years of experience as the ex-head of guitar at the Guitar Institute of Technology and also at the McNally Smith Music College. Here's a few words from Joe about the course. If you're tired of wading through hundreds of random guitar videos and just want to become a better player, Fretboard Biology is your answer. Fretboard Biology is a self-paced, college-level program that will give you the right instruction, in the right amounts, and in the right order. You'll learn the same information I taught to thousands of other guitar players over 30 years of teaching in top music colleges. If you want to make real progress with your guitar playing, then sign up for a free 7-day trial at fretboardbiology.com. All right, before we get to our interview today, just to let you know as well, we are also running, in addition to our interviews, which drop each weekend, we have our midweek show that's been running for a couple of months now called Iconic Albums. And in that show, I'm joined by my friends Rob Rhodes and Gabor Jessica. We talk about some of the most influential guitar albums. That show drops midweek, and we've already had episodes looking at albums by Joe Satriani, Stevie Ray Vaughan, um, Deep Purple, Eric Clapton, Primus, and The Police, just to name a few. It's a lot of fun, so check that out. All right, here we go. This is me talking to Scott Ian on the telephone, backstage, somewhere in Albuquerque. Hello. Hi, is that Scott? Yeah, speaking. Oh, hi, Scott. It's Matt Wakeling from the Guitar Speak podcast in Sydney, Australia. How are you? Good, how are you? Great, mate. Thank you so much for your time. I know you're super busy. Actually, I know you're in the middle of an anthrax tour uh, as we speak. Yes, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm listening to Slayer right now. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, that's awesome. That's so cool. Well, mate, thank you. Yeah, thanks again for your time. Um, We, I'd love to talk about anthrax and Slayer and all that stuff, but of course we are, uh, the priorities talk about the one-man riot tour when you come to Australia in September to bring your, for want of a better phrase, I know, your spoken word tour. There's no priority. You can talk about whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> that's cool. Well, <laughs> let's, talk about, let's talk about your tour first because that's, that's super cool and, it, and it's pressing. And then, then we've got a bunch of stuff. So you obviously love storytelling. What, what was the impetus to bring that to the stage and, and tell these stories live? I was telling the stories live for years be- before I wrote a book. The books came the books came out of me telling stories live basically. Okay, yep, gotcha. And what what is it about sharing your life, I guess so publicly that you love? And obviously you're into stories as in fiction as well cuz you've got there's a whole other side to your career but um yeah, sharing sharing what what I think you've called a an insane life with uh, with your fans. Well, I'm, everything I say is super important, and um, <laughs> and of course, I think everything I have to say, everyone will be interested in. As a you know, as a guy who's been in a band for 
37 years, of, of course, uh, you know, people, people need to, uh, people need to listen to everything I have to say, no matter how <laughs> mundane it may be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's partially true because yeah. who, who in their right mind wants to get up on a stage and, and, uh, and tell stories. It just so happens I have some stories that are just really funny. I have a lot of stories that are really funny and, uh, and I figured my friends laugh at me and, and, uh, and they've heard them a hundred times. So maybe people that don't even know me and they're only hearing it for the first time will really think it's funny. <laughs> sure. That, that seems like a good plan. And it's obviously, obviously been working pretty well so far as, as well. I think I read somewhere that you, um, you're really into Henry Rollins and you loved that you loved his books and then seeing him take his, his stuff on the road as well. Yeah, but that that never motivated me to want to do it. I, okay. I never, ever once thought I wanted to go tell stories. It, I got an offer five or six years ago to do a show like this in London uh, the night before Anthrax was going to start a tour, so I was going to be there anyway. And uh, it was just out of sheer curiosity to see if I could do it. I, I had every expectation that after 30 minutes of peop of silence, I would just say, okay, thank you, good night, and uh, and my curiosity would have been solved, but it went the other way. And I talked for two and a half hours and I had a load of fun and wanted to do it again. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome, man. Very cool. Very cool. You've got a lot of creative interests. Um, so you like you've written comic books, you've, you've been involved in TV and films. Um, so all this stuff aside of Anthrax and aside of the, the other musical, I guess, interests. have you always been a creative person? Have you always looked for different creative outlets? Um, I don't think of it that way. It's not creative outlets. It's, is it fun or is it not fun? Uh -huh. That's literally how I make decisions because I'm not looking for more work and I'm never looking for reasons to leave home. Um, it's just, sometimes I get offers to do things and it, uh, it's, it's a really simple question. Am I going to have fun or am I not going to have fun? And if it seems like it's something I'm going to have fun doing, then it's worth exploring. Sure. Um, and I, I get tons and tons of offers for things that I say no to all the time. Okay. Yep. Um, but there, then there's things like getting to be on the walking dead that for me, that certainly sounded like fun. <laughs> <laughs> so you were one of the walkers on that show, weren't you? And then to like, you got taken out. Yeah. 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 That's gotta be fun. That's gotta be a lot of fun. You also, whilst you're. Whilst you're doing your tour here in September, you you are stopping off at a couple of comic cons, and um, you have written comics for DC. I guess is that that's another example of a, a fun opportunity that's come up for you. Oh yeah, absolutely, and that's how this whole thing started. Coming to Australia to do talking shows is I got offered to come uh, be at Brisbane and Sydney for the for the comic cons they're having there in September, and because they're on the weekends. Um, I had a whole week off in between. So that's when I asked my agent, Hey, I'm going to be there for a week. So instead of me going to sit on a beach somewhere for five days, maybe I could go do some talking shows. Cause I never get to do them. I, I just schedule wise. It's just, like I said, I'm not looking to leave home and, uh, but I was going to be there anyway. So he, he looked into it and people were interested in having me come do talking shows and I, that made me even more excited because now I, you know, not only do I get to come to Australia and hang out at Comic-Con, 
but now I get to do talking shows too. So it, it just, it, it doubled the fun. <laughs> nice. Nice. Very cool. And then I noticed you're pretty much back on the road, um, uh, to Europe. Anthrax are touring Europe later this year. So that looks like a pretty good, yeah. And I still, even back when I get back from Australia, I still have about a month off before we go to Europe. So yeah, it, it works out great. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Fretboard Biology, the comprehensive online guitar course put together by Joe Elliott, ex-head of guitar at the Guitar Institute of Technology and the McNally Smith College of Music. I was one of the beta testers for the course and can say as a music educator, I was really impressed by the logical sequence of learning. The course has also been endorsed by players such as Brett Garson and Greg Cobb. For more details, check out the links in our show notes. When Anthrax started, you, you guys were, well now, of course, Anthrax is regarded as part of the big four of thrash metal with Metallica and Megadeth and Slayer. Did you sense at the time that you were part of a new evolution of metal? Or how far into it, I guess, were you before you, you, you thought, okay, there's something, there's a momentum here, there's a new movement happening that we, we are part of? Um, well, in, in 1987, we definitely knew things were changing because when Among the Living came out and we started touring on that album, we were playing small clubs and, I mean, they were sold out, but it was, you know, 400 people. Maybe the biggest show was, you know, 800 or something. But uh, just seven months later, by the end of 1987, we were playing the... 6,000, 9,000, we were playing giant shows in just seven months. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, we yeah. obviously, you know, we had tangible evidence that things had changed drastically for our band and other bands that, you know, in our scene. And uh, um, yeah, it was amazing. It's like, where did all these people come from? You know, like people just really caught on and, it was obviously a void uh, of some sort that we were filling because all of a sudden, um, you know, we, we went from, like I said, we were playing to 10 times as many people in just seven months. So, um, yeah, it was pretty amazing. I, we didn't realize it at the time that we were part of some wave, but, you know, uh, uh, looking back on it, certainly, yeah, we, we were definitely a, a part of something that was bigger than just our band it was all of us together and not just the four of us but a lot of other bands too um you know we were all part of this wave of you know um we, we didn't even call it thrash metal yet back then but um but you know 83 84 when all these american bands uh, uh started making records you know it it literally it started a wave that that crashed in a big way four years later in 1987 Bands like Metallica, they, they were part of the, you know, the Bay scene in, in San Francisco. So there was bands like Exodus and I guess bands like Testament followed on. You guys were from the Bronx. Did you have any, any other bands that you were working with or there was any affinity with? No, there was, there was zero scene in New York City. There was no metal scene. The only thing going on in the early 80s was cover bands. You know, if you, you, we would try and get shows at at clubs and they would just tell you to go learn a Van Halen cover set and come back when we learned Van Halen songs. I mean, there was, there was no, there was no uh -huh. scene at all. We didn't, even, I mean, the only other band and I didn't even know it then, but cause it wasn't like there was social media or anything, but that band overkill from, 
Overkill was from New Jersey. Sure, yeah. And they were around back then, too, but we didn't even know them because there was no scene. Not like there were... There was a... There was a there was a punk rock scene, yeah, right, and there was a hardcore scene like down at CBGB's, but there was no metal scene at all, zero. Um, we didn't know any other bands. We there was there was nothing going on um, for for metal. We it was basically something that you know by by eighty two eighty three when things started to happen for us, then a scene started to happen around us, and by other bands coming and playing New York, you know. It, it all grew okay. uh, yeah. because Metallica came to New York and we, Anthrax and Metallica, played shows together in 82 and 83. And that, that kind of kicked things into gear, and, you know, I, I guess. It wasn't too long later, I guess the, late, the later 80s, early 90s, you started um, linking rap and, and your work with Public Enemy is very well known. I think I've read somewhere you've said you've likened the intensity of rap to to the metal you guys were playing at the time. What what did you see in rap that it just that moves made you me in the same way? Like? Well, I should say it it moved me. The rap that I was listening mm-hmm. to from around eighty one on, um, yeah, I just got the same. I've never broken music down into genres. I don't categorize music. I like it or I don't. I don't care what genre it is to me music is music it either moves me or it doesn't and um and rap moved me the same way rock did there's certainly the same sort of intensity just delivered in you know different music musicianship of course but that intensity obviously was makes yeah, a really yeah, great sure. fit, I, think. I don't analyze music either um i it, i just feel it I, I don't think about music i, I just i feel i experience uh-huh. music i've read you learned guitar a big deal for you was was uh working out acdc albums pretty, pretty much yeah and um particularly malcolm's work you're a huge fan yeah I would, of all the, of all the bands i was into in the in the 70s definitely the acdc certainly had the biggest influence i mean they're much they're still my favorite band and uh, and certainly as a guitar player, I would just sit with the albums and just go song by song and learn the chords. You know, that's that's all I would do. Can we talk guitars? You've been with Jackson Guitars for a long time. How, how did you first hook up with those guys? Um, well, they turned me down in like 1985 or 86. I wanted to play Jackson's and become a, a, an, endorsed, an, an endorsed artist. And so did our old original guitar player, uh, lead guitar player, Danny Spitz. And they said they would endorse him, but they they wouldn't endorse me because I wasn't a lead player, which I took very personally. And I didn't, I didn't understand that at all. But, you know, I won't hold it against... I mean, back then it was just one asshole who worked there who felt that way. So it took a few more years and then the band got a little bigger and then all of a sudden Jackson wanted to me to play their guitars, which... I was still very happy about because I love Jackson. So there's been a bunch of Jackson signature models for yours. What's what's the latest Ian Scott signature? I've got my the Flying V, uh, Jackson King V that I've had. I don't know. It's been about two years now, probably. That's because uh-huh. uh, I, I I have two. I've got a soloist and uh, and a, and a King V. Yeah, nice. Now the soloist—that's a solid maple body, if I remember correctly. Is that true? I not all of them. No, I, I don't. No, I don't think so. Um, I think there's different configurations. I don't. I don't. 
I don't know that there's one. I don't think it only comes one way. I, I think if you were to custom order one, you could probably get it in any wood you want. <laughs> okay, nice. Very cool, very cool. And the, uh, are you still using Seymour's? I think you were using JB's for a long time. Yeah, yeah, same pickups. And where are you now? I th- I'm trying to get the time difference sorted out between Sydney and the States. Are you in Arkansas tonight? Is that where you're, you're gigging? I'm in Arkansas, yes. Yeah, nice. So Slayer are on. Have you guys already played, or are you on next? It's Slayer literally just finished. They Tom just walked past me to his dressing room. <laughs> That's very cool. Very cool. And uh, have you already played, or are you are you guys coming up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually yeah, the show's over. All right, there you go. Scott Ian backstage just wrapped up a show with Slayer. Pretty cool. Um, my thanks to Fretboy Biology for sponsoring today's episode. Please check out the links to Fretboy. All right, there you go. Pretty cool. Scott Ian backstage just opened for Slayer and uh, had a chat with us. Thanks for joining me and thanks also. All right, there you go. Scott Ian from Anthrax backstage just hanging and talking to us. It's pretty cool. My thanks to Fretboard Biology for sponsoring today's episode. Please check out their show. Oh, out, Alright, there you go. Scott Ian backstage. Just finished playing a set with Slayer. Having a chat with us. That's pretty cool. Hey, my thanks to Fretboard Biology for sponsoring today's episode. Please check out the links in the show notes alright my name is Matt Wakeling you've been listening to the Guitar Speak podcast and as Michael Schenker once told me keep rocking keep on rocking keep on rocking indeed I'll catch you next time bye now